You are tuned to KVMR, FM Nevada City, KCPC, Camino. It's time for the KVMR Evening News for Friday, November 20th, 2020. For their support, we'd like to thank California Solar Electric Company, a locally owned solar cooperative. California Solar Electric Company is a SunPower Elite dealer designing and installing residential, home battery storage, and commercial solar systems. In Nevada County since 2000, information at californiasolarco.com. Well, coming up on our newscast, we'll take a look at our local headlines and weather, followed by NPR's national headlines. Then we'll speak with Phoebe Bell, the Behavioral Health Director for Nevada County, about ways to cope with all the stress that 2020 has laid on us. Then Keith Porter will speak with Rod Fievelstad about the impact on choral singing that the pandemic has had. Coming up at 6.30 this evening, it's the California Report, and at 7 o'clock we bring you Democracy Now! with Amy Goodman. I'm Felton Pruitt. Now here are today's news headlines. The City Council of Nevada City held a special meeting this morning to address the new rules for businesses and restaurants that went into effect when Nevada County went into the purple tier this past Tuesday. The over two-hour meeting dealt mainly with the city's response to businesses that are fighting the new rules. Many lawsuits have been filed against county workers and officials. The entire meeting is available on YouTube slash Special Nevada City Council Meeting if you'd like to listen to it. Here is Nevada City Mayor Aaron Minette's closing comments. We definitely heard from the community that they want us to do what we can do. And I know there's a lot we can't do. But I think there's some really positive things we can do. And, you know, basically, you know, I I just I'm so proud of all of our businesses that have been working so hard. And I'm going to ask, you know, and all of our citizens who really want to come to town and feel safe. And I really appreciate them reaching out to us. And, you know, I want to go to town and feel safe. And. You know, this it's a hard time right now and it's difficult and we're dealing with a lot. But, you know, we're in the purple tier. It doesn't mean that the state has closed us down. We just need to work together so we can lower our numbers so people don't die or get sick. And I am asking everybody, everybody, please. You know, the one thing I've always loved about this community is we seem to be able to come together at a time of crisis. And the fact that we haven't been able to do that this time, you know, we have a divide and it's, it's making, you know, this is sad. So let's think about our neighbors, not just ourselves. And, you know, I, Chad said this to me the other day, you know, about, I'm sorry, we have laws on the book for safety. You have to wear a seatbelt. You have to wear a helmet when you're riding a bike. Those are laws. Um, I'm just asking people to think about, we aren't encroaching on, you know, it's like, this is about public safety. This isn't about, as Daniela said, political issues. This is about saving lives and public safety. So I'm asking our community to step up. And I'm even asking Renette Cinnamon and her group to step up. And if you can't, stay home. Thank you. And I am going to ask for an adjournment of this meeting. That was Nevada City Mayor Aaron Minette wrapping up today's special Nevada City Council meeting. 
Governor Gavin Newsom has ordered California into a state curfew, escalating his response to the rapidly rising coronavirus numbers. More than 94% of Californians must remain in their homes between 10 p.m. and 5 a.m. unless performing essential activities. The requirement applies to the 41 counties that have landed in the state's most restrictive tier due to wide coronavirus spread. Newsom said, The virus is spreading at a pace we haven't seen since the start of this pandemic, and the next several days and weeks will be critical to stop the surge. We are sounding the alarm. It is critical that we act to decrease transmission and slow hospitalizations before the death count surges. We've done it before, and we must do it again. The curfew will start Saturday night at 10 p.m. and will last till 5 a.m. on December 21st, more than a full month. To explain the curfew, Newsom's statement essentially said higher spread occurs during the activities fueled by inebriation and late-night activities, warning of social activities and gatherings that have a higher likelihood of leading to reduced inhibitions. California's Health and Human Services Secretary Mark Galley emphasized that reasoning when he told reporters that Californians engaging in late-night activities risk spreading the virus to people with health risks. Nevada City's Victorian Christmas events will look a lot different this year. The Chamber of Commerce has to scale down its annual Victorian Christmas events due to the pandemic. Victorian Christmas typically draws thousands of people downtown five nights during December, closing down the streets for vendors and performances. According to the Chamber of Commerce's board president, Gretchen Bond, shops usually make twenty to $30,000 during these nights. This was a huge event. The streets were packed, Bond said. And so with COVID, we can't do that. But she's determined to keep the holiday spirit alive, saying, This pandemic has been really hard on people. We really felt like it was important to do something, so they'll be hosting a smaller version of the celebration, decorating buildings and keeping shops open late until 8 p.m. Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays in December. Businesses will offer 10% discounts to any shoppers dressed in Victorian or other festive gear on Wednesdays and Sundays and Santa Claus will make an appearance Sunday afternoons in Nevada City. NPR reports that the U.S. Census Bureau has determined it cannot put together the first set of results from this year's census by the December 31st deadline. The Bureau says it needs to resolve routine processing anomalies, so the Bureau is looking at January 26 at the new target date. The schedule change means the handing off of census numbers that determine each state's share of congressional seats and electoral college votes for the next decade will take place after President Trump's term ends, thwarting Trump's unprecedented attempt to change who was counted in this key count. These types of processing anomalies have occurred in past censuses, the Bureau's director, Stephen Dillingham, said. I am directing the Census Bureau to utilize all resources available to resolve this as expeditiously as possible. Beginning in May, career officials at the Bureau gave early warnings that they could no longer deliver the state numbers by the year's end because of disruptions caused by the coronavirus pandemic. The weather forecast for Grass Valley in Nevada City is calling for clear skies this evening with lows in the mid-40s. On Saturday, it'll be sunny with highs in the low 60s, Saturday night, mostly clear with lows in the mid-40s, and on Sunday in the Grass Valley, Nevada City area, it'll be partly cloudy with highs near 60. In Sacramento, tonight, clear skies with lows in the mid-30s. On Saturday, sunny with highs in the mid-60s. Saturday night, mostly clear with lows in the mid-30s. And on Sunday in the Sacramento region, a few clouds with highs in the mid-60s. 
In Truckee, tonight clear skies with lows in the mid-teens. Saturday, mainly sunny with highs near 50. Saturday night, mostly clear with lows in the mid-teens. And on Sunday in the Truckee area, mostly sunny with highs in the low 50s. In Angels Camp, tonight clear skies with lows in the mid-30s. On Saturday, mainly sunny with highs in the mid-60s. Saturday night, clear with lows in the mid-30s. And on Sunday in the Angels Camp area, mostly sunny with highs in the mid-60s. That's the KVMR Evening News Headlines. I'm Felton Pruitt. Live from NPR News, I'm Jack Spear. When President Donald Trump was on the campaign trail four years ago, he promised to lower prescription drug prices. Now, with time running out for his administration, he says he's finalizing some drug price rules. NPR pharmaceutical correspondent Cindy Lupkin has more. The last-minute drug price rules are likely to get caught up in the courts, but that didn't stop the Trump administration from announcing them anyway. First, the president announced a rule that would make changes to the way discounts negotiated by middlemen, called pharmacy benefit managers, are passed on to Medicare patients. Today's action ends this injustice and requires that these discounts go directly to people. These are the people that need it. He also announced a rule requiring Medicare to pay the same, cheaper price for some drugs that other countries pay. This affects the drugs patients receive in the hospital as part of Medicare Part B. Sydney Lupkin, NPR News. Even with positive news of potential vaccines on the horizon, it's likely to be spring at the earliest before any coronavirus vaccine is widely available to the general public, and the numbers heading into the holiday season are not looking good. According to the Johns Hopkins Coronavirus Resource Center, total infections in the U.S. now top 11.7 million after the biggest one-day gain on record yesterday reported 188,000 new positive cases. The country, meanwhile, is averaging more than 1,300 COVID-19 deaths per day. The number of people hospitalized for COVID-19 is also at new highs. Pfizer says it is asking the Food and Drug Administration today to start reviewing its coronavirus vaccine application. NPR's Richard Harris reports the first Americans could get a shot, though, would likely be early December. Pfizer and another company, Moderna, both have vaccines that the companies say are 95% effective. The safety profile looks good, too, based on early reports. One of the challenges of distributing the Pfizer vaccine is it needs to be kept far colder than regular freezer temperatures. But Pfizer CEO Albert Borla told NPR the company uses dry ice in special shipping containers to transport the vaccine. We have done this uh, repeatedly with our 150 research sites that we engaged all over the world. So we know exactly how it's done, and it works very, very well. The company hopes to produce enough vaccine for about 12 million Americans by the end of the year, and much more in 2021. Richard Harris, NPR News. A recount of the presidential election in Wisconsin's two most heavily Democratic counties has begun, with President Donald Trump's campaign hoping to discard tens of thousands of absentee ballots. However, Trump's three objections attempting to discard the ballots were denied by the three-member Dane County Board of Canvassers twice already on bipartisan votes. Trump's expected to make a similar objection in Milwaukee County. Joe Biden won the state by 20,600 votes. On Wall Street today, stocks closed lower. The Dow was down 219 points. The Nasdaq fell 49 points today. This is NPR. The NBA's Toronto Raptors will begin the upcoming season playing their so-called home games in Tampa, Florida. NPR's Tom Goldman reports today's announcement comes after the team and the Canadian government could not agree on how to deal with pandemic travel restrictions between Canada and the U.S. 
The Raptors and the NBA were trying to figure out a plan with the Canadian government to avoid the current 14-day quarantine. It would be required both for NBA teams coming to Toronto to play and for the Raptors, who would travel to the U.S. and back to Canada. The Associated Press reports the Canadian government decided there's too much COVID-19 in the U.S. to okay cross-border travel that's not essential. With the season starting in a little over a month, the Raptors and NBA were pushing for a quick decision and now they have it, playing the Raptors' home games in Tampa. Toronto's Major League Baseball team, the Blue Jays, also had a vagabond season during the pandemic, playing its home games in Buffalo, New York. Tom Goldman, NPR News. Michigan State legislators are meeting at the White House today with President Trump as the president appears to be making an extraordinary effort aimed at overturning Joe Biden's overwhelming win there. State has yet to certify the election results. However, Biden won Michigan by an insurmountable 154,000 votes. Votes. Trump and his surrogates have been trying to convince judges and lawmakers to set aside the popular vote and swap in Republican chosen electors, something unlikely to succeed. Crude oil futures prices ended the week on an up note. Oil gained 43 cents a barrel to close at 42.17 a barrel in New York. I'm Jack Spear, NPR News. You are tuned to the KVMR Evening News. We're talking with Phoebe Bell, the Behavioral Health Director for Nevada County. Thanks for uh, joining us, Phoebe. Thanks for having me. It's an interesting time in our world, as always. Uh, we keep saying this. I mean, I, I think we did interviews early on in the summer, and now here we are with Thanksgiving uh, less than a week away. And man, the stress is just all around us as uh, COVID is rising and uh, businesses are closing. Kids are trying to figure out how to get an education. Parents are trying to figure out how to teach them. It's a pretty stressful time, and I, I figured we'd just talk with you a little bit and find some ways to uh, maybe relieve a little stress or at least cope. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. There are a lot of variables impacting people from the anxiety about COVID or the sadness if you've had people get COVID and suffer with it or um, lost people you love to COVID, exacerbated by economic stress and all these months of social isolation, national political stress and racial unrest and just so many variables going on. It's, it's really taking a toll on people. I also heard that there's there's not only we have everything you just said, but then there's just the weariness of this continuing on and on. We're in, I don't know, what, our eighth month now, going in on our ninth month of the sometimes lockdown restrictions and stuff. So do you have any tips for um, continuing to cope with all of this? Yeah, it's such a good point. I think all of us, <laughs> me included, feel that uh, kind of COVID burnout and the overwhelm of continuing to cope with this situation. And yet we can see by the numbers right now that it's time to double down, not um, let go of all the measures that we know are what we need to do. And yet, how does that impact our mental health? And what can we do to keep ourselves well during this next round of trying times? And it's funny, like, as much as I keep um, talking to many of the professionals in our department, reading as much as I can about the latest research, et cetera, so much of it still comes down to those basics of self-care, really doing the things to take care of yourself that give you the best chance at resiliency right now, sleeping as normally and as much as you can, eating healthy, getting exercise, making space to reflect, meditate, pray, whatever your self-care practice is in that realm, and then just connecting with other people even when we can't do it in person, continuing to push yourself to make the phone call, make the Zoom call, 
meet distantly outside for a walk with, you know, whatever the strategies are that are um, how you do that self-care, that we, we have to continue those things. It's just how we're going to get through this. Suppose I'm, I'm just a, a single person living alone. I don't have a lot of friends, and this is just totally wearing on me. Are there any, are there any uh, resources that someone can reach out for, and, and maybe that could help them? Or, I don't know, like Zoom meetings with people they don't know or something? Yeah, there's um, a statewide warm line is what it's called. So it's, it's really meant for um, people who aren't in crisis. They don't need to go to the emergency department, but, um, but they just need to connect to somebody. And um, so that's one good resource to know, to know about, available 24 hours a day. The phone number is 855-845-7415. But you can also just Google California Warm Line. They also run, that same organization runs a number of groups and things like that. So that's, that's sort of a statewide option. We also have locally some great resources. FREED is an organization that supports a lot of seniors and folks with disabilities. They set up a, um, a phone call system where people, volunteers are just making phone calls to um, seniors who are oftentimes alone in their home and at very high risk and at this point, very isolated and making daily phone calls just to connect up. So if somebody was interested in either side of that equation, um, Freed might be a good connection to make. And sometimes it's that act of helping that can make you feel connected, um, even if you're (laughs) helping because you're feeling disconnected yourself. And then Spirit Peer Empowerment Center is another organization locally that runs a warm line during the daytimes, but also has a drop-in center where people can get support during the day. So there are some opportunities like that. Similarly, a lot of our 12-step programs and some of those kinds of support groups have gone virtual and are other venues for people to connect in. Um, And then sometimes people are just making their own connections like that, like with a group of friends, let's just make a plan that every Thursday at 6 we're all going to be do a book group or just check in or whatever it might be. And sometimes that can be helpful too, just the – the regularity of having a schedule like that can be a positive for people. All right. So you mentioned Freed. Uh, is there a phone number for Freed? Yeah, there sure is. 530-477-3333. And how do you spell it? F-R-E-E-D. And then you also said the Spirit Peer Empowerment Center? Uh-huh. And their number is 530 274 one four three one, and then of course most of the people, if they're in a twelve-step program, they already know how to get a hold of their sponsors or, or whatever. Yeah, and one one important resource to know about um, in the behavioral health department, we started a kind of public outreach campaign called "Let's Talk Nevada County," just really um, emphasizing the fact that it's about connecting right now that makes a real difference. And so you can also go to letstalknevadacounty.org. And a lot of these resources are available there, kind of in one spot, as well as just some reminders and tips about self-care and connecting with others. And I think as much as anything, just continuing to try to normalize for people. Of course you feel anxious. Of course you feel sad. Maybe you feel lonely. That's all a really normal reaction to these times. And to not overwhelm yourself with feeling bad about the fact that you feel those things, (laughs) you know, like that it's okay to feel that right now. It's important to still reach out and tell others how you're feeling, but nevertheless, that's a really normal way to be responding. 
We had the stress of election was stressful. Uh, we've had all of the fires. We've had weather. We've had smoke. So we just wonder what else the world can throw at us right now. And I think right now it's just throwing out at us um, isolation. I was listening to a um, podcast the other day that I really appreciated. You know, it kind of went through the things I just said that feel almost trite at this point, sort of the eat well and exercise, et cetera, type of strategies. And then it was like, you know, it's also a great time to get creative. And I think about this especially around the holidays where so many of us have rituals and traditions that are what give the holidays meaning. And so how can we sort of lean into those rituals but remake them in ways that fit for right now? And um, you know, this person was talking about what they miss most is going out dancing to music and going to you know a club or a concert and being able to just dance. And so they're like, creating that for themselves on Friday nights and turning the music up really loud and turning the lights down and having their own dance party in their living room on a Friday night. And in some ways that's lonely, but in other ways it's saying, hey, I can still make this joy for myself. And so when we think about our holidays and, you know, whatever those traditions might be, is there a way to still create them using technology or doing it virtually or some other way? Um, You know, for us, we usually have a big family gathering with extended family that we're not going to have this year. And we usually go around the table and share something we're grateful for. Well, can we do that on a text chain or can we each write a list and mail them out to each other or some other way to um, keep that alive? When we all think about it, we do have many things to be thankful for. And if sometimes they get buried under all the angst and anxiety, uh, but they're still there. We still have all those positive stuff. So I think it's accentuate the positive. And acknowledge the loss, like not gloss it over and, and not act like it's not there. It is, we are all experiencing grief for the things that aren't happening right now for ourselves or the people we love. But we're not alone in that loneliness. And I think that's a really profound thing to think about. Sometimes when we feel lonely, it's hard because we feel like we're the only one in the world that feels that way. But right now, most of the world feels that way and feel that connection at least with each other in this hard time. We're talking with Phoebe Bell, the Behavioral Health Director for Nevada County, and you gave us a number of uh, places and phone numbers, and I'm going to list them on the website with this podcast tonight. So if you want to find out the California Warm Line or FREED or the Spirit Peer Improvement Center, uh, we can give you those phone numbers. Uh, just go to the KVMR website and look up the newscast for tonight. So uh, thank you very much, Phoebe, and we may be talking with you next week as well just to see how things go after Thanksgiving. Thanks. Yeah, my heart is with everyone in our community, and may we all care for each other through this challenging time. And I'd say that the good news is growing, though, and there is light at the end of the tunnel, and I am confident that soon we will be giving hugs to those we love (laughs) in the ways that we miss. A great way to end this interview. Thank you very much. That's Phoebe Bell, the Behavioral Health Director for Nevada County. You have a good holiday. You as well. Thanks so much. I'm Keith Porter for KVMR News, and today I'm reporting on choral singing. Choral singing is very popular, and more people sing in choruses than engage in any other recreational activity, including sports and games. Also, choral singing seems to be the most effective way known to man to spread the virus uh, because people are close and they're forcefully exhaling often right around each other. So that means people basically are not singing in choruses these days. What are they doing since they can't sing? 
Well, I'm talking today with Rod Fievelstadt, who's going to tell us. Uh, Rod is the retired superintendent of the Union Hill School District, and he's an active volunteer in the community in a variety of ways. And uh, I think he sings quite a bit. So, Rod, welcome to KVMR. And, and tell us about how many choirs you normally sing with and how they're coping and how you're coping. Well, nobody has stopped me from singing, um, but uh, certainly have uh, thrown some uh, monkey wrenches into the, into the whole thing. So I sing with the MIM Virtual Choir. I sing with the SMC Virtual Choir. I sing with the Grass Valley Male Voice Choir Virtual Choir. I sing with the International Fellowship of Rotarian Musicians Virtual Choir. So four, four times a week, at least, um, I am singing, but it's not the same as the choral singing that I would do when I'm with the whole group. I'm on a Zoom screen, and I'm hearing the music to sing along with, but the only person I'm hearing singing in person is me, live. Well, well Rod, with, with all those uh, choirs that you're part of, uh, you're single-handedly running that ratio up there in terms of the number of people in the country that sing in qu- choirs. COVID is definitely, I mean, it is one of the, the things, singing is one of the things that has been, it was a super spreader right at the very beginning, and so it, it is scary to be together group corporately. But the, the uh, research also says that singing is one way to keep your mind active and keep your health uh, and your heart in better condition. So that's what I'm trying to do. Good for you. Well, uh, you're, you're doing better than I am. I've kind of set aside my singing since I can't sing in, in a group setting, but uh, I will get back to it. Yeah, you mentioned it's a super spreader. Uh, there was an incident in Washington, the Skagit Valley Corral. Uh, one person uh, came to a rehearsal in March, and that person spread the COVID virus to 52 other people, and there were uh, out of 61 attending, so almost all of them, and two of those folks died, which was very unfortunate. But that they happened to be rehearsing the same night that you and I were rehearsing together with the Sierra Master Corral, and we fortunately did not have. That was our last rehearsal as a group. That was our last rehearsal, and mass and uh, the uh, Grass Valley Male Voice Choir had closed down just one week before that. I mean, we we could see that it was going to be an issue, and and so we we said, nope, we're not we're not getting together, and we had all hoped that we would be by this time back together, and obviously it still continues, but. Yes, it still continues, and choral singing is going to be one of the last activities that's re-permitted because it's such a such a way, uh, easy way for the virus to spread. Uh, you mentioned yeah. at the beginning you, you're singing in two choirs locally. You said you used some initials. You used MIM and SMC. Okay, it, music, those music in the mountains, and um, I have never participated in the music in the and the mountains choir before, but. But Ryan Murray um, had offered essentially for if anybody that wanted to sing to come and join the uh, the virtual group for this time. We didn't even have to audition. We made it clear that if you go back, if we go back to the regular rehearsals, you have to you have to audition. But uh, but Ryan was very happy to have new people come on board. See our master crowd at the same time decided after being quiet for a while. Allison is having us sing now. MIM, we're actually doing some performances. Uh, Sierra Master Chorale, we are just singing to be singing. We've been getting music instruction um, and lessons from both MIM and SMC. So it's been it's been a lot of it's been a lot of fun, really educational, and uh, seeing some music that we had not performed before. And Male Voice Choir is is just we're singing our old favorites. We're taking a look at YouTube videos of. Uh, new things. There's a beautiful song called One, Two, Three, You Can Count on Me um, that we actually want to add to our repertoire. 
once we're once we're really back singing, we'll take that up after Christmas. Great. Well, it's so sad because there are so many uh, holiday concerts are such a staple in our society, our culture, and m- many of us love to sing in them. And those that don't love to sing love to come and hear them. And uh, that's not going to happen this year. Well, it's going to happen in a different way. I mean, you're, they're going to be on YouTube, and um, you know, it's not the same as being in the concert hall. We all we all know that it's not the same as seeing corporately, but there will be a variety of of uh, things that we, that people can see. So, SMC uh, will be broadcasting um, a previous Christmas concert. Um, so, if you have never seen that group. I encourage you to, to see when that's happening. And then MIM, actually, we are re- doing some recording. We've, we've done one so far. We have two more to do, and they will be part of the MIM Music Holiday Festival in December. I'm not even sure of the date, but uh, it is they're locally produced and should be great fun and great entertainment. Not the same as being there, but better than nothing. Second best. Uh, and, and those dates and things would be available. That's Music in the Mountains locally. They have a website here. In Concert Sierra has a website Sierra. that will be announcing this yep. year, Master Crowl. And the Male Voice Choir will not be doing anything in that vein. Is that correct? We have a website and some links to older performances, but there's nothing. there'll be nothing live uh, or live to Zoom this season. Rod Fievelstad, thank you very much for taking time for your busy schedule to help us understand how people are dealing with this uh, unusual time and, uh, and a real knot in, uh, in trying to do the thing that gives us so much pleasure. So, Rod, thanks very yeah. much for joining us today. All right. How can I keep from singing? How can I keep from singing? <laughs> you take care. All right. Bye-bye. Well, that's going to do it for our newscast for this evening. The KVMR Evening News is produced by Paul Emery Audio. We'd like to thank Keith Porter for his help in producing this evening's newscast. For their support, we'd like to thank the Center for the Arts, presenting In Conversation with a live Zoom series featuring local experts in food, nature, art, and lifestyle with interactive Q&A. Sunday afternoon, starting January 3rd. Information at thecenterforthearts.org. Well, coming up next... It's the California Report, and at 7 o'clock, we bring you Democracy Now! with Amy Goodman. I'm Felton Pruitt. Be safe this weekend, and have a good time. Enjoy yourself.